Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Sometimes it's hard to experience true joy in life, yet Jesus wants to make His joy your experience. In Genesis chapter 21, after years of waiting on a promise from God, Abraham and his wife Sarah had grown weary, but suddenly God showed up. Earlier, God had asked, is anything too hard for the Lord? While we might know the answer in our head, or maybe we have even started to doubt, but when God shows up, the correct answer is deeply embedded in our hearts. Let's experience this with Abraham and Sarah and let it enter our hearts in part two of Pastor Jim's message, A Miraculous Birth. There's nothing that blesses my son. There's a few things that bless it more. But one of the things that totally bless my socks more is people who are 90 years old and think that they're like, you know, 30. I, I just, I love it. I love it. My grandfather was like that. He was 90. He'd be like, eh. he used to call me Jamie. Hey, Jamie, me boy. You want to you fight a little? You want to go a few rounds with your grandpa? <laughs> I'm like, okay, Pop, sit down, man. <laughs> right? He's like, I still got it. Right? I'm like, oh, you, you do, man. I would, because he would. He could take me. I would never hit him. Right? <laughs> but, uh, so, but one thing about whether you consider yourself old or you are the youngest person in this room, I won't point out who the youngest person in this room is. God's promises are for you, too. Whether you're old or young or in between, you're never going to be too old and you're never going to be too young. Now, maybe you're thinking through the promises of God and, or the callings of God on your life, and you know what they are, and you, and you think, I don't have time, I don't have money, I don't have experience, I don't have energy, I got too much going on. You know, I hope that God just keeps gnawing at you. And that is someone who felt the call to be a pastor and fought it off for about 15 years. I just I was like, no way, man. You see, when you have all of these things you say that you don't have, you don't have, you don't have time, you don't have money, you don't have experience, you don't have energy, whatever the Lord calls you to, he will give you. He will give you what you need. What's our part? Attitude and effort. Attitude and effort. I know the parents probably don't like this, but I, I tell the kids, I know your parents want you to go home with trade a, straight A's, but God wants great attitude and effort. Because you know what? If you have great attitude and effort, you will always be a success in life. You will. Maybe not the way the world sees it. To be honest, I think a lot of the things that we say are our limitations, if God has really asked us to do something, those things are just excuses the real issue is the battle between, and it was for Abraham and Sarah, the promises and power of God and our doubts. That's the big battle. God is both faithful and detailed. He knows what he is doing. Our part is to trust and obey, and a big part of trusting and obeying and it will be easier to trust and obey when we are convinced that God keeps his promises. And that's why some of this stuff is in the Bible. So we see that other people waited for God to keep his promise. 
Well, let's look at verse three. We see here, Abraham obeys the Lord and and does what he was told to do in chapter 17. And Abraham called the name of of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, Isaac. He didn't call him Abraham, he called him Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Now, it's very interesting as we go through this passage in the, just what we're in this morning, after 25 years of waiting, Abraham says nothing. He just obeys. You know, this is a very important thing to remember, Christian. When God fulfills his promises, when God delivers us from something, make it your immediate response to be grateful and obedient. Not to be a slacker. Not to think that you got it under control. You see, when we obey God, that is one of the ways that, that we express our love for him. That is one of the ways we thank him. That is one of the ways that we exhibit our trust in him. Verse 5 says, Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. So so we, we get the age numbers again. We keep getting them so we know it's a miraculous Birth. So we know that Isaac was only born because of the miraculous power of a faithful God who keeps his promises. When I taught through the Psalms, it just changed my world. The Psalms will change your world, especially when you see the way some of the psalmists talk to God. Whenever I start to doubt God, I will say, I remember a passage like this and I'll say, okay, God, I'm waiting. And I remember Abraham and Sarah waited, but you came through. You're coming through for me. I know it. Like I have to, I'm reminding God of his promises. But you know, God's not like, oh, thanks, Jim, I forgot. (laughs) No, what is that doing? That's strengthening my soul. That's strengthening me from the inside out, and it will do the same for you. Verse 6 and 7 says, And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. Now, it's not, she's, these are the laughters of joy. His promised miracle, she's saying, has brought joy to my life. And all who hear, everyone who hears about this old lady having this son will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Now, there's more to it than meets the eye there. You know that you think, well, okay, you're watching this 90-year-old woman nursing her son. What is that proof of? That it's her baby. See, they could have just got a kid from anywhere and said, oh, look what God did. But that was proof. So Abe, you know, I call him Abe, Abraham, he doesn't, he doesn't get a word in. Sarah does all the talking, or should we say Sarah does all the laughing? 
Sarah has gone, for, she's, she's gone the distance. She has gone from complete heartache and doubt and despair to laughing in unbelief to now the laughter of joy. So just picture it. There she is holding that little baby. There's Abraham, the proud papa. And we're gathered around this family. Listen. Do you hear something? I hear the laughter of God's triumphant grace and mercy. I hear the angels going, (laughs) he did it again. (laughs) He did it again. You see, here's the thing, loved ones. And and for those of you who are new to the faith, it's going to take time for you to, to be able to make a statement like this. God delights in fulfilling his absurd promises. <laughs> he just loves it. If you will, he loves to flip us out. <laughs> you see, but it was only the eyes of faith that sees what God is doing in Isaac. From the pain of waiting to the triumph of grace. And maybe right now in your life, you're in the pain of waiting. Don't give up. Remember Habakkuk said, don't wait. It won't be late. The triumph of grace is coming. I don't know whether it will be in this life or in the next life, but it is coming. At the Last Supper, Jesus said this to the apostles, John 16, 22, Therefore, you now have sorrow. They're in Jerusalem. They know people are out to get them. They don't know it. Jesus has been telling them it hasn't really hit their heads yet. The cross is going to be tomorrow. He says this, But I will see you again. Right now you have sorrow, but I will see you again. You know, right now, do you have sorrow in your life? Remember, Peter told us, he says, who having not yet seen, we love him. You're going to see him. You might have sorrow now, but you are going to see him. He says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. You know how now you have in your life joy stealers? There will come a day in your life where there will be no more joy stealers. It will be impossible. And yet, for a follower of Jesus, we can really guard our hearts and hold on a lot tighter to our joy than we think. Now, this is just an opinion, so you can just write, you know, Pastor Jim, opinion, bogus, or yeah, maybe, whatever, humor the old man. But, you know, I, I, I find most people who are not followers of Jesus, again, if it's you, and that's you, here, you're here today, I'm glad that you're here. I find most people who are not followers of Jesus are just almost completely focused on today. Maybe their retirement account, Maybe, you know, what they're going to do when they retire. But most people are completely focused on today. But I find many followers of Jesus are so overly focused 
on the next life that they lack joy in this life. In fact, can I be honest with you? Not you people, other people. And not you people online, other people. (laughs) Some Christians are just flat out miserable. They're just miserable people. And unbelieving people are like, oh, I want to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) Because they've allowed the joy either to never enter their life or just to be stolen from them. You see, the challenge for Abraham and Sarah was to look forward to the promises of God, yes, but also to live joyfully in the promises of God in the present. The same challenge that the apostles had, that's why Jesus told them this at the Last Supper, the same challenges for all of us too. Yet followers of Jesus, we have an advantage that all of them did not have. We can look back at the cross and resurrection. We have the 24-7 presence of the Holy Spirit. When you read the Old Testament, you'll see that it says the Holy Spirit came upon them, came upon them. But now, since Jesus has, di- has lived a perfect life, died, rose from the dead, and ascended to heaven, the Spirit came. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will come, and he will live inside of you. He doesn't need to come upon you. Now, we do ask for certain fillings of power. Like when you go to do something, you're like, Lord, help me. But 24-7, the Spirit of God is living within us. That should make us more joyful. So followers of Jesus have the forgiveness of sins. We have eternal life. We have access to hope and healing in this life. We know that we never walk through our trials alone without the Lord, without the power of God. So if you forward this to your miserable Christian friend, ask them this question, have you forgotten that? Or did you never really understand it? When Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am always with you. Remember, we ended Matthew's gospel that way. I am always with you. That is reason for joy. You say, well, I still have problems. Yes, but you're not alone. You know, I... I, Sometimes people think that when you're a pastor, you have all, you got like no problems. I have lots of problems. And then people call me with their problems. That's okay. And then I hang up the phone. And I'm like, my Lord, now you got a problem. <laughs> I can't fix this. I can't fix this. First Corinthians, the apostle Paul says this, first Corinthians verse, uh, chapter one, verse eight and nine who, talking about Jesus, will also confirm you. Another version says sustain you. Another says keep you. Another says strengthen you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ because because Jesus died on the cross and you responded in faith. And then he says this, verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Friend, if you're not a follower of Jesus, he's calling you right now. Right now, he's calling you. 
Now, remember, Sarah laughed and said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now Sarah knows the answer. Now she knows the answer. You, you could picture Sarah probably, I get the impression she wasn't always the, the most joyful woman to be around. And you could picture people coming up to her and saying, oh, did you name him Abraham? No, I named him Laughter. Really? Why did you name him Laughter? And now, how excited was she to share the good news? Oh, it's, it's what God told Abraham to, to name him. You know, when, one time when... when God told Abraham we were going to have a son when we were very old. Um, he laughed at what God said. But, but now see how my husband is? He couldn't wait for the eighth day to, to circumcise him. He couldn't, he couldn't wait. Nobody could talk him out of what we were going to name that boy. That little boy has made my husband a new man. And, and for me, she would say, my, I, I doubted God for years. And when I laughed at God, it was complete mocking. But, but now my mocking laughter is now the laughter of joy. But now it's also the laughter of a deeply rooted faith and trust in my God who keeps his promises. In another sense, Israel was born that day because the nation of Israel would come from Abraham, his son Isaac, and his son Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. A nation miraculously came into being that introduced God to the world and has miraculously survived to this day. But centuries later, through that family line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a greater miracle would happen. The King of Kings would be born. The Lord of Lords would be born. In between that time, over a thousand years later, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah would write this, Isaiah 7, 14, therefore, this is 700 years before Jesus is born, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew tells us in chapter one, that name means God is with us. God himself became a baby, became a man, same book, Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 700 years later, a young girl by the name of Mary, a poor girl, but a good girl, a girl who loved God. She was visited by an angel and she was told that she was going to have a son. 
She was betrothed or engaged, we might say, to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. This angel promised her, your son will be great, for he is an eternal king. And like Abraham and Sarah had waited, the people of God had waited a lot longer than they did for the arrival of this promised son, this Messiah. Interesting, Sarah, she, when she was told that she would have a son, she laughed in unbelief. Mary, she simply wondered. She said to the angel, I've never known a man. How could I, how could I have a son? And the angel said, your child will be of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and your son will be the son of God. He won't have the nature of Joseph. He will be a son of, he will have the nature of God himself. He will be Emmanuel. God with us, God become a man. And then a couple verses later, the angel says to Mary, Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I wonder if Mary's mind raced to Abraham and Sarah. And she thought, He's right. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47, this poor teenage girl, instead of laughing, responds with great joy. It says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Some verses say proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Some say it's overflowing with praise. Verse 47, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. An angel goes to Joseph and says, hey, the girl that you're going to marry, she's pregnant. I know everybody else is going to laugh about it, but it is the Holy Spirit. But don't name him Joseph. He's God's son. You're the adopted father. I want you to name him Jesus. Yeshua, Joshua. What does that name mean? It means that Yahweh saves. Or the Lord is salvation. The angel told Joseph to name the boy that because Matthew 12, 21 says, for he will save his people from their sins. This boy will save his people from the judgment of God for their sins. So that is, that is the question of, of all eternity. Are you one of his people? Because if you are one of his people, it's as simple as, as turning to God, turning from your sin to God and putting your trust in Jesus instead of yourself. Your sins will be forgiven. You will be adopted by God. You will, be, you, you will inherit eternal life. The judgment of God will not come upon you. 
It's the simplest thing in the world. Are you one of his people that have been saved from their sins? You either are or you haven't been. It's that simple. You say, you're making me feel bad by telling me I'm a sinner. <laughs> you know something? <laughs> Again, when, you, when you're a Christian a longer time, you, you, you realize on the one hand, the fact that God loved you despite that you were a sinner that you were a bigger sinner than you ever thought, but he loved you more than you ever thought. That just enlarges your soul and your heart. It's like a Grinch moment, right? A little heart just explodes. And then even being reminded that you are a sinner afterwards, you start to think, oh, I don't want to feel bad about myself. Oh, no, 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 no. That is God inviting you into more intimacy with him. He's saying, if you really want to experience me, you need the forgiveness of this sin and you need the power to stop doing it. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.